listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Nitric oxide is a molecule that's produced naturally by our body, and it's important for many aspects of good health. Its most important function is vasodilation, meaning it relaxes the inner muscles of the blood vessels, causing them to widen and increase circulation. Nitric oxide production is essential for overall health because it allows blood, nutrients, and oxygen to travel to every part of your body effectively and efficiently. This podcast episode is sponsored by Berkeley Life. The company is based on a simple premise. Provide a plant-based equivalent supplement regimen to support nitric oxide levels for a healthy cardiovascular system. Learn more by visiting berkeleylife.com. Today we are joined by uh, Dr. Richard Natale, um, who is the president of the Carolina Urology Partners uh, and Greg McKittrick, a company pharmacist, director of business development and marketing uh, with Stanley Pharma Group. Um, so we're here to discuss um, some of the success that Dr. Natale has seen by implementing the Stanley Pharma protocols uh, in treating some of the ED patients in his clinic. Um, and part of that protocol obviously being uh, you know, nitric oxide supplementation and uh, diagnostic test strips. So uh, Dr. Natale, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving just a bit of background to yourself, your professional background and uh, your involvement in the Carolina Urology Partners. Um, so we can get a bit of context kind of where you're coming from. You got it. Well, first of all, thanks for having me tonight. Um, the Carolina Urology Partners is a practice of about 24 urologists and 13 um, extenders. We have about 12 to 13 offices throughout the Charlotte area, as well as the Columbia, South Carolina market. Um, I work at a Concord in Mint Hill. Um, my background is in men's sexual health and rectal restoration. <clears throat> so I do treatment of ED from medicines all the way up to surgical implants. I've been doing so for the last decade in this market. Um, in terms of the role in my practice, uh, I'm there. There are more sexually sexual health oriented physicians in my practice than just myself. Um, in different areas of our city, so we have we kind of we cover the gamut of all of all access to those folks. Um, I'm the president of the practice, so I do have the the benefit of being able to have some of the administrative take to it, as well as my clinical activities and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that that's the kind of the shakedown of me in general. I mean, we can always get drilled down to more specifics, but that's that's mm-hmm. my background. Okay. And uh, w- without myself having much of an understanding of the sort of the type of training you go through in as part of becoming a urologist, how much of that training was focused around as well as sexual function and treatment of sexual function in, in men and, and women as they age? Yeah, uh, it is a the majority of urology programs like where I attended University of Florida for my five year training, um, the majority of programs will have at least um, a introductory kind of rudimentary uh, exposure into sexual health and really just erectile function restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of what you do outside of the training is the things we do now, you know, once we get into practice and once you've honed your skill sets at. Now, with I was fortunate that in my training, I had more than one physician who had expertise in the area of treating in, in advanced treatments of erectile dysfunction. So I had exposure early on in my training and developed that over the course of a couple of years. But mm-hmm. really, 
the the next decade of my career is where I very much honed in on, on my skill set and and uh, kind of refined my practice. Okay, and I think I've asked Greg this question before, but you know, since you started in this space or you know, started in your urology clinic or practice, have you noticed it become a more common issue where male sexual function comes up, or uh, maybe just that people are more willing to talk about it, or how has that changed over time? You know, I, I will use a related condition as an example. So Peroni's disease, which is the you know curvature of the penis. Mm-hmm. When I first got into practice, I probably spoke to patients once every few months about it. Um, I see it multiple times a day now. And I think there's two reasons for it. I think there is the the first isn't actually because it's more prevalent. I think it's 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 been there. No one wanted to talk about it because a it's disease state awareness, right? People knowing I have a problem and oh, is there some answers for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then B, the cultural shift, right? I, I think there was the a time where sexuality, sex, all those things were not spoken of. And, and if you had a problem, you just kind of suffered in silence. So I think those are the two reasons I see a lot more of this. Okay. And as, as you, obviously you started to implement the Stanley, the Stanley Farmer protocol and what what were you doing before that? And like, what was different about your treatment protocol? Um, that you know, and what were this? What was the success like of that treatment protocol? And you know, how much did it change when when you when you met Greg and started to implement that? You know, it's interesting because I never, I going back and doing an inventory of what my practice was before I met Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I to be quite frank with you, the value of a compounding pharmacist in the past to me was. Some of the other folks that I'd used in the past was just, you mix me up injections. That's all I need. Um, And when I stumbled onto Greg as an alternative, and I don't remember exactly where it was, but we we started talking. And as as time went on, I said, you know, it's not just about mixing these drugs. And I was able to really then start saying, hey, Greg, I want, I, I ask him questions. We talk. And, and it really started to build upon that my better understanding of how to treat my ED patients. And it just kind of all happened very naturally. It happened all at the same time. I would tell you that, you know, several years back in my my normal kind of practice pattern was I think the, the uh, building blocks were there. I wanted to find out what patients were doing to get better, what the meds did. You know, I'd follow. I wouldn't just give them the prescription and say, call me if it works or if it mm-hmm. doesn't work. I would try to follow up on them and really get engaged in that. And once I started doing that, it was also around the time I'm working with Greg. Yeah. And as we build that, you're like, wow, we're really transitioning this now into a kind of a full-fledged package for patients. Mm-hmm. Of, hey, listen, you get a physician who can give you everything you need, who's going to guide you from whatever therapy, and who has a partner that you can buy into that says, hey, man uh, – I, maybe this guy isn't a great surgical candidate and maybe we need to optimize the shots or whatever the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So that that's, it, it was really a, it, it, something that kind of was, was a fortunate development. It happened at the right time and it happened concurrently. Me building my own kind of my skill sets and all the rest and then meet, meeting Greg and, and going okay. from there. And I might focus on that, Greg, with you a little bit, because I know that's something that you work with pharmacies on in terms of prospecting their locality and finding, you know, urologists that they can can work with. So out of interest, do you remember kind of how that initial connection was made and, you know, what the kind of next steps for you were after you can identify a, a shared uh, a shared way of working together? So... The the background of it is when I really started 
working with ED, um, we got very deep into the education, injection training and consultations and kind of took it to an extent where just from a time conservation point, we had to make things more efficient. So we started to use a lot more training videos and materials that were very easily accessible to the patients and to the clinics. Um, and as we fine-tuned those, that built, I think, our uh, patient base, and certainly I think our footprint with the urology clinics, just because it was such an, a, a nice reference for them to be able to send a patient. And you know, literally from, from soup to nuts, we were able to kind of get them all the information they needed in the training. Um, what stemmed out of that were things like the relationship that I have with Dr. Natalie and Carolina Urology Partners in that you know, I was able to really start picking up more information on their patients. And at the same time, because you know, we're, we're very easy to access, patients can come in and, and ask questions and sit down and go over what their situations, what's worked and what has not worked for them. And then we're able to adapt therapy um, and the great thing is, you know, Dr. Natalia and I have the relationship where I can basically say, hey, I spoke to your patient, uh, Bob Jones, and, you know, this is what his, his current therapy is. This is the response he's been seeing. And then give him some suggestions uh, based off of that, whether it be implementing new therapies or just changing the therapy. Um, and at the same time, you know, as I'm following these patients, a lot of them will work with extensively over a long period of time. And in some instances, our therapies aren't adequate. So, you know, I'd like to say that we are very successful and in most patients we get the very positive results, but there are patients who, whether it be uh, incontinence that we, we just can't get under control or uh, climacteuria or, or they are just not responsive or they don't like the therapy for the penile injections, these are patients where I'm going to turn back to Dr. Natalie and say, hey, this is this is a surgical candidate for you, whether it be for the incontinence or for a penile implant. Um, so the relationship really built very organically <laughs> in that we both have obviously our, our areas of specialty, but they overlap so much that we really can benefit the patients and then benefit each other's practices by offering better services overall. And so I understand it in terms of how it works on a day-to-day -day basis, Dr. Natalia, if a patient mm -hmm. presents to you with issues around sexual function, is, is your first port of call to refer them to, to Greg and his team? Or, and then if, it, if Greg deems appropriate at some point in the future, refers them back if they need more, uh, yeah. you know, additional elements of care, is that kind of how the general workflow goes? It, it, you know, really depends. It's very circumstantial, right? So I have, mm -hmm. I, I will see one of three types of patients. I'll see the the early delving into therapy, right? Where mm -hmm. we're, we're just exploring things. We're going to talk about, you know, intro meds. We're going to get you on low dose adenophil or whatever the circumstance is. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the next type of patients going to be, hey, I've already been there, done that. What else is there? And those are the ones that are key, for getting to Greg, right? Because they've already said, you know, I, I took my Viagra, I've been on it you know, a couple of years and I'm seeing things change. Um, and that's the person who needs to have that that deeper discussion not outside of what I will do. 
And then the third person is the is the folk who's the folks who are so refractory and they're so kind of what we you know imagine being at end stage that at this point now we are having a strict conversation about surgical treatment. So those are the three groups I see. I wouldn't want Greg doing the intro stuff because I think what what our relationship is is the perfect kind of physician pharmacist relationship, right? I, I look at disease, I judge severity, I understand therapeutic options. And then I say to my, to my colleague, Hey, listen, this is what we need to get done. And my colleague says, all right, what is your assessment? Great. Here's where I'm going to take off from there. So that's why that middle group is so key for getting to Greg, because those are the guys now that we're talking about combination therapy, you know, supplements and all the rest. And those are the folks I'll funnel them for sure. Okay. And we know we talked about it before we, we started recording here, but you had mentioned how sometimes in surgery, you know, given that it's a nitric oxide discussion at the end of the day, you've, you've seen or it's visible to you that blood flow plays an issue in the issues these men are, are experiencing. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and kind of how that you, yeah. you can visualize that as part of a surgical procedure? You know, it's interesting. It, it is. It, I, I always use this analogy in my patients, and it's worked very well for me. Um, I, I tell them, I say, imagine you have a nice plump sponge on your on the top of your of sink, and it's and it's moist and it's plump and full. You take that sponge, put it under your under the sink in the dark place, it dries up and shovels up. And that's such a fitting analogy because you get these guys who maybe they're so long in the in the paradigm of, of their ED and they really didn't get intervention when they should have or what or whatever else. And you get to this tissue, this this the fibrotic, dried corporal tissue where you get in there and you'll make incisions into the penis and it will not bleed at all. Like, I mean, there's nothing that happens, right? And it's impressive because mm-hmm. you realize that this chronic lack of blood flow has resulted in this condition. And those are the guys, for example, when you talk about therapeutics working well or not, you know, gosh, I don't know that there's any way pharmaceutically to be able to get them to where they need because they don't get anything down there, right? Mm -hmm. So I've seen that real time and you can compare that to other conditions. You know, uh, whenever we do implants, for example, in, in guys who have nervous, you know, system issues, right? you can tell the difference in the blood supply because their blood supply is fine. It's just their nerves don't work. Mm-hmm. It is impressive. So it is a demonstrable difference between the guys who have that decent blood flow over the years and versus the ones that haven't. Mm-hmm. And for, for a patient, I, I know Greg, that you recommend NO or nitric oxide for really uh, almost all patients. And is there a particular protocol you use for patients, say, that are going to surgery is there a certain period before and after you recommend it? Or, you know, how, how do you layer that into a kind of a patient protocol if they're going back to Dr. Natale for additional treatments? So there's, there's different types of surgery. And, you know, a big part of what I do, I work with patients with prostate cancer who are going through whether it be robotic or open prostatectomy or, or radiation treatment. Um, those are patients where we're using what I term penile rehabilitation, where I incorporate medications like the PDE5 Cialis and Viagra along with the nitric oxide to really boost the performance of those medications. In addition to that, we do physical therapy. We use mechanical therapy using a vacuum pump and then incorporate other medications so a lot of those patients are the, the folks that I see on a regular basis. Very often and unfortunately, you know, part of the reason I started 
working and, and developing the protocol was because I would have patients show up for consultations sometimes 10 years after prostatectomies. And unfortunately, you know, there, there's not always the same attention to the aftercare. Um, I think it's a lot of times it's the patient. A lot of times uh, they try a therapy and it doesn't work and they give up or they don't understand that there are options available to them. So at that point, we are really looking to reestablish blood flow to address a lot of these issues that at that point have been longstanding for years. Um, and we get good success. We, mm -hmm. we see the outcomes, we see the benefit, but the, the patients where I'm referring back to, to Dr. Natalie, a lot of times, like he had mentioned, they're, they're kind of what we'd consider the, the end stage of the disease where either they don't like the therapies or the therapies just are no longer effective for a variety of reasons. Um, so those are more the, the surgical in terms of the implant or, you know, recovery patients at that point. Um, mm -hmm. So there, it really is, there's, there's different types of surgery that we're looking at here. Um, and some of what I do deals more with the uh, kind of the patients where they had good function, they had prostate surgery, which impaired the function. And then we're looking to restore the tissue, the blood flow and their erectile function at that point. And I think you both touched on that kind of back and forth that you have with patients and, you know, you've gotten to know which patients are best treated by, by you know, uh, which which one of you. Is there any hesitancy from a patient perspective, you know, say they go to you, Dr. Natalia, for treatment and then you send them over to a company pharmacist or, or vice versa? Is that something the patients are comfortable with or is there ever any hesitancy to say, I want to be treated by a urologist on this topic or, or vice versa? Well, you know, what's interesting to that to that point is it's really how you're presenting it to the patient, right? So, where and I not to pick on our our colleagues out in in other kind of you know more retail pharmacies, but I tell them say a lot of time the retail pharmacists are there they're just there because they got to be and there mm. and there's and yes while they can answer you offer you counseling. Um, that's their job. I said, I don't feel that there's the same benefit. You know, I, I don't, for example, send someone to a CVS to ask about using, you know, NO supplements with Cialis. I, I just mm -hmm. don't think that that person would be well versed in that area because they're also counseling the next person over about their whatever, you know, yeah. medications are on. So I don't know that there's that, that value. And I think that's really huge. And then, you know, obviously the, the discussion I have with them, not only just the general of this is who I use, but then I specifically say, these are guys that, you know, we work together because I trust mm -hmm. them. I, because what they've done, because their specialty interest, so on and so forth. So I really can say that without a without any hesitation that I have not had any patients that have really pushed back on me. You know, obviously there's the times when someone says, you know, insurance coverage and all the rest, but mm -hmm. you know, really that's, that is, that is probably the only time I might hear something, but otherwise mm -hmm. they're on it. Yeah. And, and previous to, to this, you know, a partnership with, with Greg, were you recommending a nitric oxide supplement of, of any type or were you aware of its, Possibilities, no. I should say. No. no, no, honestly, not, not, not really. I mean, we, you know, the most I would probably 
counsel a patient on occasionally would be like L-arginine, L-citrulline type, you mm-hmm. know, circumstances. But to be quite frank with you, um, the concept of it, of supplementation was not one I really considered mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you're thinking, you know, it's almost like if you're a mechanic, you, you'd like to believe that you're going to check the engine for gas first to make sure that's the reason why it's not running. Right. Mm -hmm. But we don't do that necessarily. We just, we look, Oh, your engine's not running. I got to start doing something else, right? We got to start repairing it. So not understanding that in the beginning, or certainly not considering it. Um, no, I didn't, I wouldn't talk to him about it, but I do now. And out of interest has a, has a kind of, uh, have you become more open to other supplements potentially or is it absolutely you have? Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Hey, you know, and this is outside of the scope of the conversation per se, but I've, you know, looking at, for example, conditions like Peroni's disease, I think there are, I think there is a world that could be explored from a pharmaceutical or combined pharmaceutical surgical standpoint to help benefit these patients that we really, we don't know, right? I mean, certainly, again, using a disease state, getting patients on um, PDEs early on in Peroni's disease is really important, right? So these are things that we're we're seeing, I think there's a lot more to explore and, and I would be open to whatever supplements to, to help my patients. Nice. Um, and it, Greg Daffentale touched on it there with the, obviously the combination of nitric oxide and PD5s is something that I think both you and I have been really promoting as complementary rather than being anyway competitive. Um, and we talked about before the call, the, this was the recent publications or recent studies on PD5 inhibitor use and potential long-term benefits on cognitive health. Um, kind of, do you want to touch on that a little bit or kind of give some background sure. as to your thoughts on that? Yeah, and and again, when you when you think of PDE5, you think of medicines like Cialis and Viagra. Of course, everyone has seen the television commercials. Hey, it's all about getting an erection. But the the basis of this really goes back to the early studies where you know the discovery of Viagra came along because they were looking for medications to treat pulmonary hypertension. Mm-hmm. They knew if they could boost nitric oxide levels, the function of the heart, the function of the pulmonary capillaries, everything was going to, to improve by, by dilating those blood flows and increase, increasing the blood flow. In the same respect, in other conditions, whether it be a cognitive deficit like, like an Alzheimer's, which is a very progressive uh, condition, if you can maintain healthy blood flow, maintain cognitive function throughout the aging process, mm-hmm. you're going to benefit the patient overall. And, you know, it's not just that, you know, the, the treatment of, you know, of course, right now, what are we looking at COVID? Well, the, the treatment of COVID with nitric oxide, of using PDE5s incorporated in, in adding nitric oxide in active COVID treatment is something that is very much in practice right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a number of different benefits, and and as you reflected, you know, recent studies with, with Alzheimer's uh, has, has really brought it to light. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suppose for you, Greg, you obviously are very dialed in on on easy treatment. I know you do do other things in your pharmacy, but you've obviously found a, a real need in supporting urologists and other uh, clinical specialties in their ED treatment care, uh, protocols or care. Is there other ways you think compounding pharmacists can be more hands-on or other areas of care that you know maybe aren't as something you're as focused on, but you think that pharma, compounding pharmacies could get more involved in 
in the way that you've done with urologists? So, you know, good question, because to be perfectly honest, when I initiated my therapies, when I really started working with this, our pharmacy, the, the urology component was really probably about 20% of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, the other portions were working with bioidentical hormones, with pediatric medications, with uh other types of sterile injections, ophthalmic medications, respiratory medications, a lot of veterinary medications, uh, specialized topical compounds for different types of pains and, and neuropathies. So, you know, we treat a wide spectrum of patients in different conditions. It's just so happened, and and you know, whether it's my fault or by by favor, you know, our urology business has gone from twenty percent to over fifty percent in the last few years. And mm-hmm. I think, again, it's because of the relationships that, that we have with doctors like, like Dr. Natalie and Carolina Neurology Partners. It's just really become uh, a, a big focus. We do a lot mm-hmm. of work with bioidentical hormones. Uh, it's just once we started to really see the, the patient gains and the outcomes, urology just was a, a natural go-to for us. And have you found, I suppose, in your area now that there's kind of a word of mouth element to how your business within urologists grows just with, you know, people seeing good results from your protocols and and sharing that within their networks? I think there certainly is a a component of that. And and you have, you know, new physicians who come into the area or they will meet someone like Dr. Natalia, a colleague at a conference or continuing education, something to that effect. I think we've also had a lot of uh, gains come in through some of the things like the podcast networks mm-hmm. um, where they will see the information or, or hear it and start making some phone calls. They'll start inquiring as to it. So, you know, because of, of that, we're using our protocol in, well, probably right now about 20 different states with urology practices and different pharmacies and you know we're doing patient management and and the same assessments that I do with Dr. Mm-hmm. Natalie's patients now we're doing it more on a national level and uh, just at a, on a high level like what and your new urology clinic approaches you what is your process to kind of onboard them so that they can have that referral back and forth uh, sure for so the initial meetings um, a lot of times they're in person and I'll actually go into the urology clinics to present the the protocol and Dr. Natalie might be able to kind of echo off of this but I, I think that my approach in a lot of these cases is a little unique because I really develop very intimate relationships with the patients where I get into conversations and consultations that go beyond, as he mentioned, what your typical pharmacy consultation might be to where I'm going through their whole background and everything that they've tried in the past, any surgeries or other comorbidities that are uh, really adding up to cause them their main issues. So when I go in, it can sometimes be in a live meeting. I do a lot of Zoom meetings with urology clinics and introduce this to them. And, and you know, to a point you made, there's a lot of times when a urologist will, will kind of look at me and go, what the heck, where are you coming from? Because, you know, nobody else is, is offering me this. 
So there is a little bit of a learning curve there where they have to understand that, you know, we do really have the capacity to help. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that one last question for you, Dr. Natale, is, you know, within your clinic, you said you had 33 clinicians. Are they all kind of similarly engaged with Stanley Pharma or are you kind of the point person or how is that relationship involved the group? I, I would love for all three, 33 of them to be. Um, they're all obviously free to associate with whom they feel more comfortable. I can tell you that the overwhelming majority, however, mm -hmm. um, because of the relationship that we've had and what Greg has grown over the last several years, I think are switching their focus to Stanley because they see the product, right? In the end of the day, you know, we can look at it in two ways. There's, there's the business relationship, but there is the patient, you know, just basic treatment and caring for these folks. And when you have both components working well, right, you got, you have someone who we can work and partner together well, just from a, you know, marketing or business standpoint. And then you have, oh, hey, by the way, these guys actually care and they're good at what they do. And they provide a, a product that's superior to many, many other people. That's a piece of cake. So I think it starts to then generate its own interest from the, all the other practitioners. So I'm pretty sure the majority of the folks are, are using Stanley. So the question was, as, as I asked Greg earlier, have you recommended his protocol to other urologists? And I guess what I'm trying to get at is for pharmacists that are looking to build their business, it, it, there kind of is a snowball effect when they have a good level of care with one urologist. There's generally tight circles within any kind of clinical specialty. Sure. What what I do, you know, what what has transpired and just again, kind of almost naturally is that Greg and I have spoken about about their protocols and, you know, he's asked before, like, hey, would you mind, you know, speaking with these folks or endorsing me here and all the rest? Like, of course. Mm -hmm. and, and I do so without any qualms whatsoever because I of what I believe in. Um, I do that. You know, the interaction with my partners is the big stuff because those are the people I'm in every day seeing mm -hmm. and getting them kind of involved in this. Um, outside of that, you know, the circles that I, unfortunately with all the COVID stuff, the circles mm -hmm. that we like to run in together as a group, we can't run in right now because we can't physically be together. But mm -hmm. yes, in a general sense, yes, I, outside of my practice, I've, I've put my time into, into kind of promoting Greg and Stanley's kind of mm -hmm. work. So. And last thing, Greg, for us as pharmacists listening or radiologists, hopefully listening to this, is there any uh, how would they get in touch with you in order to kind of learn more about how they work, how you work together? Um, well, obviously we have a presence online. They can mm -hmm. pull us up, whether through Stanley Specialty Pharmacy, which is stanleyrx.com, mm -hmm. or on the clinical side for consultative work, the, the Stanley Pharma Group. Mm -hmm. um, certainly they can reach out. Uh, my personal email, I have Greg at StanleyRx.com and I have Greg at StanleyPharmaGroup.com. Um, as far as, you know, looking to work with us, I open my, my kind of my toolbox up to whether it be pharmacists or urologists so that they can see exactly what it is. When I developed the protocol, I didn't, I did not invent anything. I am using methods and, and medications that have been used for decades. Um, I, I think it's just the way you incorporate it and put it into a nice comprehensive package and the element of patient care. Um, 
not to pat myself or Dr. Natale on the back, but I think that there's a difference when practitioners actually look to practice the art of medicine. Yes. As opposed to just connecting dots and, and following what's in maybe a, a textbook. When you treat the patient individually, when you incorporate other professionals where you know they can benefit. I, I, I reached out to Dr. Natalie last week. I had a referral that came in on a very complicated patient. And, you know, having him as a resource to be able to say, now, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. You know, this is my thought. Tell me what you think. When we can do that across state lines, when we can do that and start bringing you know, other professionals like ourselves, if I can get other compounding pharmacies to start following these, these practices and making the connections with the urologist, now that was my whole goal is to improve patient outcome. There's a, there's a huge need and you know, I wish I could put Dr. Natale up on a billboard across the country because what we do together and, and how we work, if patients understood the resources that are available, there's so many men and women that really don't understand all of the, the services and everything that can be done to help them. Mm -hmm. And, and based on even just our own anecdotal experience working in nitric oxide, the, I suppose the level of gratefulness of patients when you're able to address, effectively address sexual function concerns or sex, sexual function issues is astronomical. You know, they, they, they appreciate it like nothing other. Um, so, you know, I think the, the combinations that you found are obviously proving very beneficial. Anything that I guess either you want to share additionally or uh, anything else that you feel is kind of important to share about, you know, either the way you work together or the protocol as a whole? I would like to say I I feel as though we have the ideal clinical relationship. I touched on this earlier mm -hmm. that offers a patient out of that comprehensive package, right? We we know that people try to get there. We've seen, you know, and this is not slamming anybody. We see these clinics that open up, men's health clinics and all the rest. And I think the reason why they're successful is not because of any other reason, but they try to be collaborative and try to offer solutions. If the physician, a surgeon, is able to say to, to now a colleague like Greg, hey, listen, I want to give patients everything they need. And whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, whether they're going to be a candidate for a surgery or a candidate for shots or candidate for oral meds or supplements, I want to be able to offer them the comprehensive care under this because they deserve it. And this is how we're going to really be able to say to them, yes, I'm a, as Greg said earlier, soups and nuts. We got, we can do it all, whatever's there. So having that relationship is so key because now in my practice, there are men who I may have marched along the pathway of surgery quicker than mm -hmm. I would have now, that I would now kind of thing because Greg and I work together and we find solutions. So I, I think it's a key and ideal relationship. And if you, and if you can replicate that in other markets, um, that would be fantastic. It's great for the people, great for patients. Yeah. And again, I think from my understanding of Greg's offerings, it's it's infinitely replicatable. You know, they have the capacity to help, and they have the protocols and the videos and all those components. So, um, it's definitely our hope that it's something that can be uh, shared with any compounding pharmacy and every urology clinic that has an interest in learning more and kind of providing that complete level of patient care that uh, he has put together. So. 
Um, fantastic. Okay, great. Well, look, I, I really appreciate your time this evening, and um, I'll you know share share this round with everyone once it's once it's completed, and uh, hopefully we can get the word out there and you know start to see more people taking on a program like this. Absolutely, man. That, that's that's the hope. That's the aspiration. Absolutely. Sure. Oh,